Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He's Jordan McNamara, and we share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Big three thoughts for the week. And frankly, there's 10 things we could cover. Three here we're going to discuss. And Jonathan Taylor, able to seek a trade. I don't know how often this works, Jordan, that a player facilitates a deal. But basically, this is always like, a, in my opinion, the team going, yeah, okay, sure. Go out there and see how cold the market is because we're going to ask for the moon and you're going to have to be the awkward one on the doorstep going, uh, yes, I'm collecting for the newspaper that is archaic and you can just check online now and uh, I really want you to sign up. But we're going to send you know you yourself out there to realize how cold this marketplace is. So Jonathan Taylor, we're going to spin it towards Dynasty, but it's becoming a developing situation where, again, player does not have a whole lot of leverage and uh, trump cards to play. Yep. Uh, all that I would agree with. Um, I I think there's teams that could be interested though. Like if you look around, like there's teams that it would make sense for the bears have to get to a spending floor uh, in terms of actual cash, right? They could trade for him and extend him and sort of, and, and accomplish that and actually trade for it, you know, actually spend that money on a good player instead of spending it on Cole Komet. Uh, you know, a team like Miami sees this as a win now window, right? They could be in right on a to a rookie contract. Like you could see a scenario where that happens, you know, so there are, you know, a Dallas has cap space, right? I wouldn't rule that out, right? There's, there's scenarios here where I think players could be pretty, um, you know, where he'd be pretty interesting. Um, I think he's going to play, I don't think this is going to be a scenario where he's going to sit out. Uh, I think that if this is an opportunity to buy, you know, I bought him in a keeper league uh, this week, uh, you know, where it's, a, it's not full dynasty, but listen, it wouldn't have happened if he wasn't threatening to hold out. And, you know, you got to kind of be in on, you know, you think seeking elite outcomes, right? He's a guy that's at an elite outcome. And if he's not an elite price, you got to explore that space. Yeah, I got him at like 311 in one of these expert redraft leagues where I'm like, I just got to take a shot. You know, I mean, you know, if he's not there for week one, but I mean, I'm the type that, you know, we're, we're team underreaction in general to a lot of this where the most likely, I mean, Le'Veon Bell is the one you can think of where that went straight south and it derailed the whole season. But other than that, pretty much, I mean, guys are going to show up and they're going to take their money. You know, and they're not going to be happy about it. And they're trying to do within this window that they actually can uh, do these things. They're going to try to do them. Now, it usually doesn't work. Or, you know, Sequin Barkley took an extra, what, uh, incentives that may not happen for 900K or whatever. And they've used that as a win to come to camp, you know, a little bit early or whatever. But, you know, the likelihood is Jacobs is out there week one, you know, sitting there and the starting running back for the Raiders. And the likelihood, most likely outcome is Jonathan Taylor's there, the week one starting running back for the Indianapolis Colts. And again, I know that that can burn you from time to time, but just looking at this from a contractual and player and, and team perspective, they're under contract to do said that, you know, exactly this. And so I, I'm, you know, if this facilitates opportunity, like you said, in drafting or trading, then I think that's the angle. I would just say though, in general, this is the, the biggest talking point is don't, you know, sell for 80 cents on the dollar because you're worried, you know, that, that, you know, he still has, I mean, I'm super excited about the Colts ground game. If you saw what just the Anthony Richardson factor of holding the backside, it made Evan Hull and Tion Jackson look like quality NFL running backs. And again, they, 
to some degree they are, but I mean, they're within the top 100, <laughs> you know, in the NFL. <laughs> but to say that either one of them are top 50 is probably a stretch. And so, again, they look like their ground game would be just fine with Taylor, but we know it would be better with Taylor. So, again, pretty excited about what it could hold for Taylor playing with Richardson. And that's the most likely outcome starting in a few weeks. So, I just, he's seeking trade. And I know there's a lot of stuff and machinations, but keep in mind that the offseason creates a lot of dynasty storyline opportunity for players. And a lot of it turns into just white noise. Yeah, I do think it's also a point that if Evan Hall, if Deion Jackson, if Zach Moss is out there, right, cheap bids on waivers. Again, if it doesn't play out, you can cut him, right? Little allegiance. You know, you're going to want to hold Zach Moss, though. The the biggest thing, though, because Evan Hall was probably drafted in your rookie draft to some degree and probably not dropped. Deion Jackson was probably already rostered. So the big one for me is Zach Moss. If you picked up a cheap, cheap share, which I'm sure both of us have, I have plenty and um, he's he's injured. It's not clear if he's going to be out there week one or if it's week two or whatever, but he has the inside track to be the running back two and don't run away from that just because he's injured right now and out of sight, out of mind. And you saw you know a good run from Deion Jackson or whatever. So you probably don't have better spots to pivot to when you look at the running back two or if some, if Taylor is traded, game on, like you gave up some potential uptick and upside, you know, just that the starting role now, not just running back two is available. So just you want to keep those outs in your pocket because uh, things are going to change. That cut down deadline is next week. And uh, it's going to be a, a pretty interesting waiver period for the next two weeks leading up to week one. Uh, next point, Tank Bigsby and his super hype. Uh, Jordan, I don't know what your experience with the Jacksonville game with this week was, but number one, uh, it was in game that I got a trade offer uh, in a co-owned league where it ended up being like a key point of the trade was them getting Tank Bigsby and we got in Superflex Bryce Young. So I'll just say the hype on Tank Bigsby got us Bryce Young in a super flex. And the other part was this. I saw the same two runs on Twitter 78 times before I watched the game. And I was like, these are the runs people are reacting to. And this is coming from one of the biggest Tank Bigsby fans in April, in May after he landed and got the pedigree and drafted him almost everywhere I could in rookie drafts. But I am not connecting the hype to what we just saw. Uh, in this week's game. So the hype is there. It is real. It is fantastic. There are people out there that think he should be the starter in Jacksonville. It is running wild out there, Jordan. Uh, Yeah. And played, by the way, behind uh, Etienne, right? Like all of this happened when Etienne was not playing. Second team. team. Just for what that's worth. Um, I I do think we can get overreacting to things that are right in front of us when in reality, right, this is a, a game where, uh, you know, if you look for starters from Jacksonville uh, in a game where Tank Bigsby had 27 carries uh, or 27 snaps that he played, um, no one else that you would recognize played in this game. Right? No Etia, no Lawrence, no Zay Jones, no Calvin Ridley, no Christian Kirk, no Evan Ingram. Right. I mean, it's Brenton Strange and like Jacob Harris might be the guys second, that you record, second and third recognize. team. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Michael Hasty played behind Tank Bigsby. So this is this happened a couple of years ago with uh, Daryl Henderson. Actually, they, everyone was it was a hype machine, hype machine, hype machine, hype machine, all 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 off. And then the team that never plays the guys that they're going to depend on in season during preseason was out there running him wild and he was looking great and i was like wait a second timeout that's not what we want to see we don't want it we want to see him in street clothes not playing in this game 
And I would just sort of caution people on that. The Rams are resting Kieran Williams as a point of comparison. <laughs> right. right. A, an inferior second running back on that depth chart. He has not played a lick. So just, mm-hmm. right. Again, I am a fan of Bigsby, but if right now you can flip him for a future first, do so. He is an injury away option. And these people that say, well, what if he's AJ Dillon? AJ Dillon in general is a marginal flex option in a given week. I know because when you look at the projections over at football guys over and over and over again in this iteration of that Green Bay backfield, it's like, yeah, Dylan might get that drive or that touchdown or, you know, whatever, the perfect storm of three targets, but he caps out. The ceiling is not overly high. And so this idea of the standalone backup or 1B running back having a value to your lineup and your team, it's not really. The upside is in the backup becoming the starter. And Bigsby could be one of the best versions of that. That's fine if you want to say that. But to assert first round value is where you need to draw the line. Because that first round value, again, I know you're losing that player, but you can draft backups all day in the second round range and sometimes the third round range. And you can uh, you can certainly trade second round picks for a myriad of backup running backs that are completely clarified. Heck, you could probably trade a second right now for Jamal Williams who you know is going to get three starts to start the season. So you need to be very careful with saying that Bigsby is the future starter. He's going to take the job from ETN at some point. Likely he's not. At some point, does ETN move on? At some season, does is there a cross-section that he is out and Bigsby is a clarified guy? But at this point, you have to kind of view him like Alexander Madison. And I will say this, Alexander Madison was a long wait to get to this point of him being a week one starter with not a whole lot of clarified games. That was a bad scenario, a bad draw in terms of luck for injury in front of him. But Bigsby is kind of in that spot behind a pedigreed starter that is in his prime and probably not giving up the job outside of injury. So just keep that in mind. And this is coming from one of the bigger Tank Bigsby fans out there. Okay. Uh, third point here. We have Pat Fryermuth, and he's got a fun nickname for us. But man, this past week, how does 100% of the routes with that first team or with the starters strike you? He had a great back shoulder seam touchdown uh, down the middle of the field. Darnell Washington, he was out there one snap and he blocked. That's exactly what we want to see. We want to see Fryermuth with his hand out of the dirt, running routes. And if Washington's in there, blocking. And we're all in. This is a, a pro Pat Fryermuth platform and channel. And this feels like the year he's going to be unlocked. Yeah, we were worried. I was a little worried at week one where he's in there splitting time with uh, with Darnell Washington. This week, much nicer to see that he's out there actually being the guy, 100% route participation, really like that. Um, I was doing some perusing as I want to do, uh, and uh, since uh, I found this today, uh, when Kenny Pickett became the starter in week five, the Steelers pass catchers after that, Pat Fryer with 1.68 yards per route run, 1.53 for George Pickens, 1.43 for Deonta Johnson, right? Uh, it wasn't a huge route participation. It wasn't, you know, that that sort of elite route ceiling for Fryermuth, but clearly the most effective on a per route basis player there. We've talked about him, right? Andrews, right? Baby Andrews, right? He's our dude. Um, and if you squint, you can see Mark Andrews in his in his in the periphery of of his uh, range of outcomes. So um, excited about that, and this is good. Certainly, good news and uh, affirming of what his role could be this year. Yeah, and 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 the big thing is his price point. You know, somewhere in the tight end ten range, let's say eight, ten, twelve, somewhere in there, 
that we we constantly say, you know, if you're not in that elite group, you want to definitely pay, you know, you, you probably don't want to sit there and pay the tight end five price, you know, or the tight end seven price. You want to get a little more bang for your buck. And Fryermuth, you know, has possibilities, you know, to outkick out his his cost to a good degree uh, as a younger player um, as someone that can be a core aspect someone that we drafted in our latest startup auction uh, that you want to check out uh, we actually went you want to talk about a deeper dive uh, we probably went deepest dive you know we went well beyond uh, what we intended in terms of talking about concepts there so you definitely want to listen over at the premium side of dynasty think tank and that's over at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank uh, you get all those deeper dive shows we did a live q a last week so a lot of fun stuff uh, we got planned on that kind of getting to go into the weeds uh, which we love to do on on some of these topics but we did the auction startup this week but fryermuth was a, a central point that we discussed um just of our our team building plans uh, you know a deeper best ball tight end premium to the moon uh aspect uh, but but yeah, we're looking for for ceiling outcomes as we we as the phrase and theme goes for us. And, and Fryermuth again, you want guys that uh, you know blocking sounds great in, in a vacuum, but there's no point per block leaks. And uh, you know that's a George Kittle. It's a detriment. We wish he was a worse blocker because he'd probably run a few more routes. Like he's in the worst situation. Like I think Kittle is the greatest uh, example we can give of a guy that like like Gronk was a great blocker, but he wasn't on the 49ers where like. They they do like he he blocked with the Patriots, but they knew the moneymaker was him as isolated as a receiver. He's uncheckable. And the 49ers operate a little differently. You know, it's a lot more, you know, everybody has their role and they run the ball a lot. They're efficient in all things they do. And so that actually hurts Kittle. Like if Kittle actually got the opportunities that we see, you know, uh, you know, Andrews and heck Fryermuth this year might see that opportunity or definitely Travis Kelsey. I mean, Kittle would be right there. Heck, he had the potential. I think one thing we've said before is he has the potential to maybe have the greatest season of all these guys. If he actually got equal footing for opportunity and game script and, you know, pass rate and all these types of things in that team oriented environment. Uh, so that's just, again, Fryermuth getting his hand out of the dirt, and, and running more routes is the kind of thing, the kind of storyline that we kind of centered on as it's most sensical, you know, kind of go, kind of looking at their depth chart, looking at their passing game, looking at, you know, everybody that they have and, uh, and, and distilling it down to actually us making a pick in our, in our auction startup. So, all right, uh, moving over to, did I get enough? We've got a couple this week, both listeners submitted. So again, we're, it, we're, we're so themed that Jordan, it seems like every week we're having people, uh, saying, you know, I saw this in my league. I did this. You know, it, it did did I get enough or did they get enough um, in this in this scenario? It's becoming a very on brand thing. So it's awesome to see that we have this filled up and not just for for trades that we see, but ones actually from our listenership. So we have Josh Allen uh, in a tiered PPR, which could come into play here. So it's half PPR for the the running back position, and uh, in superflex, of course, Josh Allen and Devin Achain for Russell Wilson, Bijan Robinson, and DJ Moore. Josh Allen, right? I mean, <laughs> I like Bijan Robinson. Uh, I think he can be an excellent running back, but an excellent running back doesn't put you on par with a, you know, Cyborg apex, quarterback. yeah, the apex predator at the quarterback. Tyrannosaurus Rex quarterback, <laughs> right? Um, the you know the problem with this bet too, like you could pitch me on if we make the quarterback uh, a much better quarterback, he could pitch me on sort of going that route. The the problem with this is you are buying, and I, I don't like doing this 
type of trade because the theory that you have, I, I would imagine, if you're making this trade, the theory that you have to have is that Russell Wilson and DJ Morgan have bounced back from where they were last year. And you never make the bounce back bet as uh, when you're buying, uh, when when you're selling an elite player, right? Yeah. You don't sell an elite player to make a bounce back bet. That is the absolute worst thing you, you go can from do. below to make the bounce back bet. You sell pieces to get the bounce back bet because the pieces don't have any bounce back to anything sort absolutely. of projections in your head. Yeah, absolutely. Or you arbit, right? This is not the sad, the, the sad thing it. about this is Bijan Robinson could be like the easy, you know, one quarterback, let's say, you know, one oh one, not non super flex, let's say. Like he could be well, it might be hard to pass Jefferson or Chase, let's say, but let's say he's right there. Like as a twenty two year old, you know, stud running back coming off a good a good first season, next off season, if he does all that, stays healthy, vibrant, playmaker, two way player, all that, it's half PPR, by the way. So that actually hurts him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um that if he does all that you could still tragically lose a steal. And that's a, a sickening feeling because Russell Wilson, for as much as you know, the bounce back factor, I would say A, bounce backs to what? And then market value, like you're just never gonna get like you he can never get even within spitting distance of Allen. You just can't. It's over. Mm -hmm. That race is done. It's mm -hmm. it's decided. So and DJ Moore, you know, again, we're both kind of on the uh, lockstep that, that just He's the exact type. Like everyone keeps betting on the like the ceiling's going to get there. The ceiling's going to get there. Well, this situation with the Bears, it's not going to get there. Like good luck. It is one of the most unlikely outcomes. So you need to be very careful. And those are the three bets you're making. And again, going quarterback and superflex to running back is like <laughs> it blows my brain that that's the positional bet that you would make. And yeah. and and saying depth matters. I mean, my goodness. I'm fixing quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. He puts on the billboard that gets lit on fire in November. Yeah. You okay. know, when, when that's your theory for a trade, hey, I'm making three positions better, you're probably doing the you're trade just, wrong. Right? Well, like, there's, well, there's a problem there because yeah. that doesn't usually happen. Jeez. Like, yeah. yeah, you're fixing three positions. I don't know. Try fixing one. Right. <laughs> Fix the important one. Someone just fix it with Josh Allen. Right. Lord help you if the, they already had, you know, one of the other top five quarterbacks. Yeah. And they just added Josh Allen by giving pieces. Look at this. They got the 101 probably in a trade. They shipped off Russell Wilson to you and DJ Moore. They're probably still good. And then they just added Josh Allen. You're never beating that team. Right. You need like You're a 90th beat. percentile outcome from the package side on all of those guys to beat like a yeah. 30 percentile outcome for Josh and Allen. You, and you know what Allen <laughs> you know what outcome you need from Josh Allen? A real bad one. Just well, just, no, just doing his thing. That's how oh, you, yes. know how you, yeah, you know how you right. win this deal. You know how you win this deal. Josh Allen, like he just shows up. Yeah, right, right. In three years, well, okay, not even okay. Yeah, in three years, you can have Bijan Robinson versus Josh Allen. That's what this is going to be. Yeah, that's the whole bet. Mm -hmm. You want to guess who wins? Okay, next one. So thanks for that submission. This next one is a Mark Andrews centered one, and this is this is one that is crazy. Twelve team superflex. 2.5. Actually, wait, I think it's 2.75. I think I miswrote that. So I think it's 2.75, but regardless, a huge premium. It's not point per target. That's the only... I've never seen PPR this high. Sole PPR. Mark Andrews and Brandon Cooks for Brandon Ayuk, Dalton Kincaid, a 24 third, and a 25 first. Did they get enough? No. 
Um, so set the receivers aside for a second. I, I think you'd take Ayuk over Brandon Cooks, but they're close yeah. enough that they don't matter to this calculus. Okay. Um, Andrews the is the tight end one. Uh, you're trading a, a a player who we like, but is a first round wide receiver is a first round tight end and the best first round tight end in like the last 15 years is Evan Ingram. And you so at a best case scenario, say you get Evan Ingram. Right. Evan Ingram plus a first for Mark Andrews. You're taking the Andrews side every single time. And that's, again, that's assuming like a great outcome, a great outcome for Kincaid. Um, and I, I don't think you should assume that. I think you should assume something closer to the median and hope, you know, I mean, that's just how we, you know, we're more of a base rates, you know, we don't, let's we don't say, really project I mean, yeah, I mean, outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's say even if Kincaid is, you know, let's say he, he's, he's tied in 14 this year and tied in eight next year. Let's say that's what occurs. Andrews like, lit him on fire. Right I mean, I mean, <laughs> Andrew. Yeah, Andrews to finish at tight at eight. I mean, that's really not possible. Like when you look at a per game perspective, mm-hmm. because he would still post, you know, the games he played. So right. I mean that tight end eight versus tight, you know, where Andrews is is a pretty stark difference, and so especially with that. It's a half and half. I mean, a, yeah, it's just nutty. I mean, he can yeah. score thirty points, like two point seven five. I mean. <laughs> Again, it's all tight ends in that format. Like you give a tight end like the first rounder for an Andrews type every single time. Right. Yeah. And 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 Kincaid is is set up to do reasonably well. Mm-hmm. But man, like a rookie tight end, it just does not happen. Year two, maybe, year three, okay. Like I just but I mean, frankly, to be to be fair, Diggs probably has to not be there, right? Like they need to doubt, like just from a formula standpoint, I always say it's a non-dominant wide receiver one and a stud quarterback. He's got the stud quarterback locked in, but he needs digs to go. And that's not happening right now. So it's not the greatest formula. Right. Except for maybe Stephen A. Smith is like negotiating a trade for him or something. I don't know. Ah, there you go. I got to watch more television apparently. All right. We got one more ancillary trade here and we got Josh Jacobs and Superflex being traded for Tyler Algier. DJ Chark and a 24 first. How dare you say Josh Jacobs is an ancillary is an ancillary trade? Um, yeah. Listen, I I think that Jacobs is not a top 30 guy, so you got to be careful on these trades with with a future first. Um, I think you'd probably not put him in there right now, but he's in the next category of guys where you could say, okay, I can sort of I could do it, but I got to really kind of think hard about it. Um, I don't think you're giving up anything. You know, Algier is a better injury away guy, but again, we generally see those guys as interchangeable. Chark, again, I think he's roster fodder largely at this point. Um, you know, the the question I'd have before you fix running back is, did you fix quarterback? Right? Did you fix your premium positions? Did you sort of do? You know, is your is your roster in a position right now that Josh Jacobs matters for your outcome? Right? Because that's a that's you have to be get a quarterback in tight in, in your premium positions before you start doing trades like this for running back. So I don't necessarily hate the price, but I would sort of tap the brakes on doing this until you're absolutely solved. Yeah. My pre prepackaged response in a deal like this is the value is good, but is this the way you would want to spend your first round pick? Right. Because those are two different responses. So if you're trying to win trades, yes, you won this, the Josh Jacobs side wins, but you lose the leverage. Like the single easiest poker chip you have to work a big trade is a future first round pick because the right combination of players might not do it. In season, a team falling out of it, your first round pick will be a necessity 
probably to making that deal. A big trade for a quarterback or the stud tight end or the stud wide receiver. And running back is the least one that you're likely to make that trade for. But you know what? You would still have the optionality to spend that pick in November for the team that fell out of it. Maybe it's Austin Eckler. Maybe it, you know, some older running back and maybe you get more than that. Maybe you get Eckler and you get a wide receiver. That's an auto start player from that team. So desperate to move off the older players. You lose all that leverage by doing it now. Again, this is a win. You won this in terms of value, but that doesn't mean it's the right time. and It's the right trade to spend that first round pick because you only get to spend the 24 first one time. And I think you have to be very careful about spending it for running back and spending it right now. Spend it in the offseason all you want. Use that as a deal to get Dak Prescott, a a high-level quarterback, Mark Andrews. Do all these types of things. All that is fine. But when you spend it on running back and you spend it early, even if you won it, I just think it has far less bang for your buck. So I think this is represented on a lot of trades, which is why I wanted to throw it in, where it technically is a win. And I get these questions all the time because people come after first-round picks. And they'll be like, oh, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. But the running back ones are the trickiest for me, where it's like if it's Jacobs or if it's these other running backs, where I'm like, yeah, you won that. But I still don't think it's the right deal for you. And that's the blurry line between, you know, are, are you you know, trying to build the most roster value right now, or maybe doing what's best for your team in the aggregate, which could be more roster value in the future. But I just think you hold that first. And there's certain types of trades to do and certain ones not to do, even if they're technically a win. All right. Uh, from life and dynasty lessons learned. Uh, I don't know if Jordan has one, but I have a quick one, uh, which is something we talked about. And I encourage people to go listen to after hours. We got talking about life, talking about dynasty um, in general. We weave those two things together well, but tomorrow is not guaranteed. Um, and you know, we actually shared some stories about whether it's, you know, concerns about certain family members, uh, or if it's, you know, friends or people we have known that, you know, tomorrow is not a guarantee or the next time you see them is not a guarantee. And I was thinking about how this applies to dynasty. And, you know, we talk about how, you know, the, 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 the theme of just you're contending until you're not. And we've had examples, you know, a league that, you know, I, I still remember we were staring at, uh, I don't know. Was it like we were two games either under 500 or we needed to win two games? And that's a moment where I think a lot of people fold up shop. You know, we need to win two and maybe one certain team needed to lose a game or I don't know what it was, but like we missed the playoffs by a game or something. I think we've done that for like two seasons and we were right there. But the point is you get to the end of the road and it's like you're contending, you're contending. You don't just fold up shop if you have outs to make the playoffs and you take your chip in a chair and you get to the playoffs and you take your chances. And I, I think, you know, the whole idea with your team is tomorrow is not guaranteed of, you know, you have these mechanisms of this might be your year. Now you might start out two and four. You might, you know, every team is zero, zero, but in October, it it may not be what your team is at the end of the year. You see that at the NFL, you see that in Dynasty where you want to peak at the right time and you might just be skating, you know, you might be start out six and oh, and you're just like, oh, well, this is easy. You know, I'm going to get a buy. I'm going to do all these great things. Yeah. You might have some teams that life is easy like that, but other teams, you might grind your way to the five seed and you would go on a run and you win the title. And at two and four, some teams might fold up and don't fold up. You know, next season, who knows what's going to happen with your teams or uh, certain players that are critical, critical uh, that were balling out. You know, we mentioned, you know, the, appreciate what you have, you know, that, that Josh Jacobs overtime run or Mm -hmm. that big game by certain players that we'll always remember. And just, I would say, enjoy those moments, enjoy these football Sundays because we go eight months without them. Um, Enjoy setting our lineups again, 
enjoy the waiver wire process, enjoy the weekly routine that's coming up and enjoy the connectivity you're going to have with dynasty, the process, the journey uh, that leads to championships that lead to a positive and uh, you know, beat the crap out of the stock market ROI, you know, for your, for your dynasty portfolio and all these things that we enjoy and then make it a possibility for us to grow our portfolio and have it be a nice financial bonus at the end of a year and, and, you know, supporting the the hobby and, and activity that we enjoy. So all those things are connected, but just with your teams contend all the way, man. And my, my greatest fun and stories are the teams that start out slow and they start peaking in November and all of a sudden it's tough to stop them. And it's not the teams that started out and they're just on the buy track the whole time. Those are fun too. And when they come home, it's awesome. But um, just again, enjoy the struggle, enjoy the journey because uh, it's it's a weekly game and you put it together into, into an aggregate result. Yeah. And our team should be built like that, right? Our team should close better because we're built around things that, you know, as time goes on, the backup running back advantage adds up. Right. Like having those injury guys add up. So, yeah, I'm totally with you on all that. And, uh, you know, things can change really quickly. Right. And that's, I saw someone just this week saying, you know, look, I got seven firsts in 2025. You know, oh, I'm going to be, you know, when are you, when are you going to contend? Probably 2025 is going to be my, it's going to be my window. And I'm like, all right, you're giving away three buy ins. Right. And if you traded those picks right now, you probably get some pretty good players in that, in that format. And and really maximize this opportunity now, as opposed to trading away you know, everything into the future, and you know, and then playing three years from now, right? Might not make it there. Right? And if anything from the last like three years has taught us anything, right? It, things can be a lot different than we expect. So, you know, maximize it while you got it. And I'm totally with you on that. Uh, add a couple uh, points, but you know, what's on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week at Patreon.com/slash/Dynasty Think Tank because. Honestly, I, I think this is our, our our best week. You know, of those two shows, uh, we did deeper dive. We did after hours. Um, what are a couple of things you remember from those uh, from those recordings that we cut up before this weekly show on our our week weekly discussion? Two plus hours over there today today talking about um, you know talking about favorite drafting experiences, talking about uh, you know enjoy uh, you know, touching on a little bit what we talked about here, kind of enjoying the experience. Um, you talked about a fun elevator game, which I'm going to try some point, but then we went super deep on, on some props. We got some prop action for you there as well, but deeper dive this week was uh, our, our, and something we've talked about. People have asked if, Hey, you're going to do some content on this. We go for uh, uh, over an hour on our, our thoughts about, uh, you know, auction strategy on, on some different, um, you know, in, in different techniques that we use some mistakes that maybe we made and, and ways we pivoted off of that. And, um, you know, just a team build strategy, all of that over there. Um, again, even if you're not into auctions, right. I think it does give you a valuable, uh, dynasty resource in terms of like just thinking through some problems as well. So, um, all that over there, it's, if you're not, if you've been on the fence, this is the week to join. Absolutely. And again, once we get in season where these windows shrink and you're going to need, especially out on Tuesday night, Jordan does an excellent job getting these out uh, the night of our recording. So you're going to have it. A lot of people's waivers run on Wednesdays. We're going to be talking about you know some things that intertwine with that in terms of some dynasty trading thoughts. These are all things that you're going to want earlier in the week to give you time to implement these things in your leagues where the window shrinks down before Thursday kickoff, before Sunday kickoff that we're not used to now in the off season mode. So again, you're going to want, you're going to want to, you know, what we do in the off season is basically earn your trust so that in the in the season when the bullets fly and you're in a window of an hour and in the window of a couple of days 
that you have trusted resources that you can fall back on to really give you uh, the power to make the trades, make the moves. Um, and to, honestly, sometimes stand firm. Sometimes you just need someone to say, Hey, you're right there. You should, you should keep pumping and keep trying to contend when you're going to be a foot half, half out the door in October. So I think, you know, th- those types of things are invaluable when you look at the, the grand impact on your dynasty portfolio. Um, thanks so much for listening this week to Dynasty Think Tank. Follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL and at McNamara Dynasty. Plus, we have our own Dynasty streams of content over at analyticsofdynasty.com and utsdynasty.com, as well as mentioning the, the patron stream for the premium content already at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. As always, in life and in your dynasty portfolio, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. Thank you.